Hi, and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, co-hosted by Abby Fearing, the Badass Breastfeeder, and Diane Cassidy, IBCLC. Today's episode is brought to you by Spandice. Are you pregnant or just had a baby and battling back pain or need belly support? Say hello to Spandice. Each Spandice wrap comes with two therapy packs that you can use for hot or cold therapy that lasts up to three hours. And for badasses... Today, you get 20% off plus free shipping on your order when you use promo code BADASS at checkout. Check them out, spandice.com. That's S-P-A-N-D hyphen I-C-E dot com. You can also find the link in our description. Hey, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And we are going to talk about birth trauma. And Abby has an email that was um, that someone sent to her, um, which everybody can do that. Feel free, email us. Yeah, we might make a whole episode of it, like we're gonna do right now. Yeah, this is, we've done a few of these. It's so fun. I yeah, love it. It is fun. Yeah, um, but I haven't. This even one heard is a little email. Oh, yeah. So I, you, I sent it to you. Did you? Yes, I did. I send them all to you, except for the one from last episode. But I sent them all. But whatever, because we get backed up and then we forget, yeah. and then it's fine. Because I just print them out, so I I print them out. That's how I stay organized. I need a secretary. Okay, this you. might I know this might sound familiar. Okay. Um. So, uh, she talks for. Well, I guess I could read the whole thing, but the first two paragraphs are how much she loves us. So I'll just go ahead and read it anyway. Just <laughs> <laughs> said hi, badass breastfeeders. Love the podcast. Thanks for being real. I currently have a two-year-old and will be due with my second in April. Oh boy! Thanks. Sorry. Good thing we're getting this up now. Woo-hoo. Okay. I loved the sex after labor episode. I was laughing out loud. I wonder if she wants me to read this because she maybe I'll skip that just because (laughs) (laughs) that might be private just for us. Um, Anyway, this is her question. So I had a horrible experience with my first. I was induced for four days. Opioids, Pitocin, pushed for six hours. Baby came out ear first. I needed a horizontal episiotomy. My baby was on the UV bed for two weeks. I had a 10-inch blood clot stuck to my uterine lining. And the only medicine that they could give me was four pills administered rectally every eight hours. Breastfeeding was a nightmare, and I eventually called it quits with overactive letdown issues and reflux problems. Phew, I'm exhausted even talking about it. Yet, I have to do it all again. How do you ramp yourself up for the second baby when you're... Number one, tired from your toddler and full-time job. And number two, emotionally scarred and traumatized from your previous experience. The end. So I totally remember this email now because I remember thinking (laughs) (laughs) I would have never had sex again. I don't think. I know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like... She's and amazing. I think that's what she was saying that she appreciated our sex after labor episode <laughs> because we were say we were like, you know, give her a break. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I relate a lot to this woman. Um, so with my first, I just I start every conversation at every episode with the same thing. My first son, Jack. <laughs> um, I was induced at 41 weeks for no reason except that it was 41 yeah. weeks. And um, I was induced with a Cervidil, two rounds of that, because the first one didn't work. I was in labor for 30 hours. I was pushing for hours. I had a couple, you know, bunch of Pitocin, a bunch of Stadol, the narcotic. 
and um, also had an episiotomy and um, just a bunch of hospital staff that were like, hurry up and you're pushing wrong and, you know, getting frustrated with me. And it was a overall a horrible experience. And I remember from that day, my parents came to the hospital and I was telling my dad the story. And I remember telling the story, all the blood and all the guts and all the glory, like it was sort of a uh, war story. Right. You know, like it was something like it was, um, I was proud. You know, I was like, oh, look at this, what I went through. Look at this. Look at this. You know, and, and, and it was honestly not until this badass breast for your community had been built and I shared my birth story on, on my blog. And a, a lot of people were commenting, like, I'm so sorry that happened. Like, I hope you guys are okay. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you mean? Like, you know, I thought like, you know, the bloodier, the better. Um, and then people started using the word trauma and I was like, what? Well, I didn't have a traumatic birth. And I used to hear that word. I didn't know what it meant. I thought that meant that the baby like had, I thought it was like a diagnosis, mm. like that the baby had some sort of symptoms afterwards. And that, and so I was like, well, no, I mean, I don't think that happened. And it didn't, it wasn't until um, I, well, so then I got pregnant with Exley and I already knew I knew that I wanted to do it differently and we knew that that was terrible. And I, people always say like, weren't you scared to have a home birth? Let me tell you, I was scared to go to the hospital. Yeah. I was scared to have that same experience again. My home felt safe. And, um, I just thought, Oh, I'm just going to do it differently. I'm just don't want that experience again. I wasn't like, Oh, that was traumatic, you know, cause I just hadn't gotten to that word yet. And I, so I had a home birth and it was, it was empowering and it was beautiful. It's all these things that I wanted it to be. And I thought, well, I had, you know, I had that healing birth experience. And recently, this was not that long ago. This was literally like a few weeks ago. Oh. Yeah. Um, I probably got to the point where I would say that, that that first birth was traumatic. But the word didn't resonate with me until I had found, you know, because I write a blog. So I write things to present on the blog. Which is different than I found a journal and a journal entry from um, three days after I had Jack. Oh, my God. Yes. I wrote everything down. I wrote the whole thing down and I was reading it to my husband and he looked at me and he was like, wow, traumatic. And I went, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> like, I have to arrive at this word. Like, it's not a diagnosis. It's not something that somebody's going to tell you, like, you had a traumatic birth. You have to understand that if traumatic things happen to you during your birth, that you had a traumatic birth. And it's happening far more often than I think anybody even understands. Because it's actually normal in this country. Right. To have all of these things happening, and it's actually traumatic for you and your baby. And so you don't have to do anything. You don't have to, like, you know, you don't have to get, you don't have to be worried if this, if this, if you are going to, if you're, feeling like you're going to describe your birth as traumatic. Like, do, it's just a way of owning that this happened so that you can understand it and move on from it. And the other thing that I think is really important with this too is that this is your experience. If you right. feel like it was traumatic, that's all that matters. Right. Other people do not have to weigh in on that. 
You don't, I mean, if, if somebody says, oh, but your baby's healthy, that drives oh me crazy. Oh my God, I was just going to say that. Yeah, you have a healthy baby. I mean, everybody says that. Oh, but you had a healthy baby. People, Look, your baby's healthy oh, and everything's at fine. At least your baby's fine. And I think it's really just a way to, and I've had moms that have said that, have described this horrible experience to me and then say, but you know, when it, the outcome was, I got a great, you know, my baby's great and it's all that matters. It's like, no, that is not it's all not, that matters. It is not all that matters. It, it and does thank, not matter. You know, thank goodness your baby's okay because sometimes babies are not okay after that. You know, but that doesn't mean that the experience was less traumatic for right. you. I mean, I don't care if you had nothing happen except the fact that you were induced and that's what you didn't want. And that made it traumatic yeah. for you. That counts. Like it, it's all about, it's in the eye of the beholder. I read an article like that one time that like trauma is in the eye of the beholder. It right. depends on what you feel is traumatic. And that is, that is legitimate. Yes. And, and don't be afraid of the word. Cause I was so afraid of the word. For, I mean, I was a social worker before I became um, a mom. And I worked with like abused and neglected teenagers who are wards of the state. Like, I mean, I have read hundreds of case files of trauma mm -hmm. and I, and I'm like, well, that's not, I, that's not me. I didn't experience that. That's not what, what happened to me. And the word, I think even, I think being a social worker made it even harder for me to come to accept that I had a traumatic birth. Cause I was just like, no, you know, none of the things that I, you know, that happened to my clients or none of the things that happened to other people happened to me. Well, but I still experienced trauma while going through it and after it. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, that's what it is. Yes. Because I say so. But PTSD with childbirth is a real thing. Like they're finally yes, acknowledging that I, this is oh, real now. I swear I had that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember I had a doula. I hired a doula. And she came over like once every few weeks before, before my home birth because I was like – I was worried. I wasn't worried about the home birth. I was worried about losing control. I was worried about, you know, um, having somebody else controlling my body. Mm -hmm. And I, and she said, she, you know, we, we did, I worked a lot, I did a lot of work from the, um, birthing from within book. Mm -hmm. And there was an exercise in there that was like, draw like your fears or something. And I remember drawing this, I drew myself laying on the table with like all these, with all these people around me with knives. And it was just, it, 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 and I remember looking at it going like, oh my God. Like I just seeing my fear on paper, like that's exactly what it was. I was afraid of like being on a table and having all these people with power over me, around me and doing basically whatever they wanted, right. you know, what, per hospital policy or whatever. And this not to say, I mean, people have plenty of hospital births that are empowering and, and all that. This is not, it's not a hospital versus home birth no, thing. Yeah. It was just, Mott's just my, how mine played out. Um, but I don't even remember what I was saying. Um, yeah. It, it, it was, it was a, it was a big deal. I mean, she came over and she knew she was like, I, you know, we have to get to a place where you're like, you're going to, where you feel safe to go to that wild place where you go when you're having you know because you're gonna lose control when you're having a baby the whole thing is that you're gonna lose control right? right i mean you don't your body starts taking over you don't know and that's an extremely vulnerable place to be 
And I'd been there. I knew it. Mm-hmm. And I was not, and I was afraid to be there again and to have people taking control over me. And I had worked really hard to make a team um, around me that I knew I could lose control and they would still stick to what I wanted. You know, let's, let's discern this a little bit. The losing control part. So when you said mm-hmm. that, a couple of different things popped in my head. Yes. First of all, you do lose control in childbirth. However, it doesn't have to be a negative. You know, like no. So there's two different. There's two different losing control. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we're losing. So there's losing control, and your ahead. your body is taking over because your body knows how to birth a baby. So your body takes over and does what it needs to do. And if you are, if you're comfortable, if you have the right support system, if you trust everything, it works. It just mm-hmm. works. But if you're in a place where you feel like you're being taken over by providers yeah. and protocols and things going on around you and you don't have control, that's a very different thing. That's traumatic. Yes. And I think what mostly leads to traumatic births is people who don't respect your birth plan. Mm-hmm. You know, who people who are who think that there's other important things besides what you want as a birth. And I'm not talking about, you know, she didn't want a C-section. And so therefore, we're going to let, you know, you know, bad things happen to the baby or to the mother because she doesn't want a C-section. That, that, that's not that's not how it goes. No. I mean, there's just emergencies that are unavoidable. And that's that's just how it goes. Um, but. There's a birth plan of like. You know, and and it all comes down to basically allowing your body to birth a baby like it knows how and helping and having people around who are going to support you through that instead of in the middle of it, trying to accomplish their own agenda instead of yours. And it could be little things. So like, yeah, I mean, for example, like you're saying, you know, obviously the extreme with a birth plan is, you know, don't give me a C-section no matter what. Well, that's you can't like that can't be a thing you know like if it comes down you can't you you can't say that right (laughs) right but you can say something like i would like to labor in the bathtub with the lights out Mm -hmm. and somebody cannot say to you a labor nurse or whatever should not i i won't say can't say to you but should not come in and say but i need these lights on to do my charting and they need you to be out of the tub yeah like that's those are things that's going to make your your birth experience more traumatic because you are not able to do what is comfortable for your body to do during this time. And the more tense and anxiety you feel over trying to navigate their agenda is going to make it worse. Like that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. there's no reason why people cannot honor a birth plan if it's a realistic and, you know, yeah. I mean, and talk about it ahead of time with these people and ask a lot of questions and make sure that you trust what they're saying to you. Um, so that, you know, if these things, if, the, if what you want is, is, is able to be accomplished, I, I said to my doctor when I was pregnant with Jack, my first son, that I didn't want to have an epidural. And she said to me, you can't do that. People don't do that. <laughs> she said, you will be bouncing around too much from the pain to have a baby. What does that even mean? So I don't know. 
But you know what? I had the epidural and I was bouncing around too much from the damn pain to have a baby is what's what happened. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like, and I went ahead and I did it anyway, but I didn't, you know, there was absolutely no support around me. And so I ended up having an epidural. I also didn't know anything. I didn't know anything, anything. So when they were like, you, you know, you just got to do this. I was like, okay. But that's kind of, I mean, this email that you read to us. I mean, that makes me kind of feel like that that's probably what that mama went through. She probably was. Absolutely. Did not have the kind of guidance. You know, she probably was not told, you know what, if we can keep you upright, if we keep moving, mm-hmm. if we get into different labor positions, then, you know, your baby will move down and get into an optimal birth position. Right. And they don't tell you this stuff first. in most hospitals. Yeah. <laughs> they don't tell you that in most, in most like general, like hospital settings. They're not going to tell you these things because the people are not like OBGYNs are not trained in natural childbirth. Right. You know, this is what midwives are trained in natural childbirth. So they know what's going to happen naturally with your body. So they know that they don't have to intervene unless there's a safety issue. Mm-hmm. But in in a hospital with, you know, like, again, not all hospitals and not all that, you know, there's a lot of a lot of great situations, but. There is a problem in this country with the with the amount of negative situations of people not knowing really what is going to happen naturally with your body and then just intervening at every possible situation and moment to to, again, like meet their agenda of like, okay, this baby has to be born within a certain number of hours because we need this room or you know, this is taking too long or we don't do that. <laughs> you know, like people, you know, like moms will say like, we want, um, we want the cord to be left intact until it stops pulsating. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's some hospitals where they just don't offer that. You know, they're like, well, no, we cut the cord right away. And so these are things, this is like, you know, in order I mean, it's hard, it's hard to avoid birth trauma because nobody goes in purposely having birth trauma. Right. So, you know, but the best way to, I think, you know, where we're talking about this woman who sent the email who's due with her baby next month, you know, the I think the, uh, you know, her question was, how do you ramp yourself up for a second baby when you're emotionally scarred and traumatized from your previous experience? And so hopefully you're in a situation now where you're not, with a team of people who make you feel out of control or yeah, like your plan or your na- your body's natural ability to have a baby is going to be and interfered with. I was just thinking that the, um, <clears throat> if she is still with her provider, the same provider. And it, I mean, if she's still with the same provider that she had the first time, then I'm hoping she had a really good open heart to heart conversation with this provider about how scared she is about going into this birth because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't think she should just assume that this doctor is going to remember that because she might not No, but, and I think but also that doctor probably doesn't consider a problem with what happened. Right. That's probably pretty normal, but she needs to have that definitely have that conversation, yeah. even if it feels difficult with this provider yeah. so that they know what they're walking into here. Yeah. And if she hadn't had that conversation with her provider, then if she's with a new provider, definitely still have that conversation so that they know what, you know, what the history is like, Mm -hmm. because that's, Mm -hmm. that's a really important thing to be heard. Even if, 
Yeah. Even if they don't say anything about her, they look at you like you're crazy because it happens at every single birth that they're at or whatever. Yeah. Then whatever, because you need still to be say heard. It. You still right. have to say you it. You still yeah. have to be heard. And I think that's really important that she's kind of, you know, is able to talk about that before going into the hospital for this birth. And then really mm-hmm. knowing like, okay, this is what happened last time. These are the changes I want to make this time. You know, I want to, I want to be in labor in a different way. I want to stay at home as long as possible. You know, whatever it is that she feels like she didn't do the first time that she could do this time just to maybe help along the way. We all yeah. know that the longer you stay home, the more comfortable you are. You know, the, the less interventions you get, the longer yeah. you stay home. So, I mean, that, that stay in the car outside, of the, <laughs> stay in the parking lot <laughs> right till the last second. I know that'd be perfect. Um, but it's, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's well, scary and I think this is the, thinking you're walking yeah, into the same I thing. Mean, yeah. And I think that's the key with trauma is that, is that we start to then when we have a traumatic, in, traumatic event, we apply that then to everything else and all the other similar experiences that are going to happen. And so one of the things that like that you can do while you're going, while you're, you know, coming down while this birth is impending birth is coming. You you think about like, what are the things that you're afraid of that are related to what happened the first time and, and work with your feelings to understand that, that doesn't mean it's going to happen the second time. Right. You know, every labor is different. Every baby is different. And so just because that did happen the first time doesn't mean that it will happen the second time. I mean, you're afraid that it'll happen a second time because it was so scary. But then know that that's your fear based on your first experience and not some not not concrete evidence that it is going to happen again. Yeah. And that's that's where that's where the being able to talk about it and, you know, have your voice be heard about it. That's where that comes in. Because if you're, you've yeah. got to clear it, clear it out, you know? Yeah. And I, that was very helpful for me when my doula was coming by and we were talking about, it and she was just asking, what are you afraid of? Like, what are you afraid of? And she's getting very detailed with me about what are you afraid of? And so I was, you know, she, you know, she kind of drug a lot of details out of me about what I was afraid of. And I was able to get that kind of, you know, like you were saying, clear it out. Mm-hmm to make room for this opportunity to have a p- more positive experience. And it makes you more powerful, you know, because if you can really yeah. talk about it and you can be like, this is what I didn't want. This is how what happened. And I didn't like that. This is what I really was, you know, like that. Be vocal about it. Now, you know, going into it again, this is, and you know, that much more, you know, your first baby, you don't know what you're looking at. You don't know what it feels yeah. like to be in labor. You don't know any, like there is, you're totally walking in blind. Except for whatever, like, class or, you know, whatever. But you've never felt it. Now, yeah. the second time, you kind of know what you're, you know, you you have a general idea in your head of what's going to what's gonna play out. What pushing feels like. What labor feels yeah. like. What, you know, you kind of know. Um, more than you did the first time anyway. So, you, there's a little bit more, you know, you can try to be a little bit more open-minded about how that birth's going to go. But if you're so hung up on, oh my gosh, this happened to me the first time, what if it happens again? Like that's, mm-hmm. you got to Yeah, focus on, I mean, out. like, you know, there is something about like clear it out and focus on all the things that you do want and all the empower th- empowering things that can happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, 
you know, what an empowering birth would feel like and what that means to you. What does it mean? What is that healing birth? What is that empowering birth? What is that? Because you have a list of things you don't want from your from your first experience. But what are all the things that you do yeah. want? What are the things to look forward to? What are the things that, you know, that could go right that are that are obviously going to go right? Some things are going to go right, no matter what. And, you know, what are those? And what are you what are you hoping for? What are you looking for? Make sure you have people around you that are supporting that. You know, and that is key yeah. is having that supportive birth team. Yeah, that is key. I mean, even if you know, maybe you don't have a doula, but maybe you've got, you know, your best friend is there, or your sister, or your mom or somebody, or your partner. Your, well, yeah, yeah partner, obviously. See previous, see previous episodes. Yeah. <laughs> about partners Be very specific with them what you need, what you're scared of and what's going to help you while you are in labor. Mm-hmm. And you have to have people there that are going to be helpful. You could not, like, I remember being a doula for moms before I, I did some doula stuff before. And um, there would be people in the room just sitting there playing cards and eating takeout while they're mm-hmm. waiting for this baby. And it's like, no, that's not, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> We're not sitting in the room playing cards and eating Burger King while there's a woman laboring in the bed. No, this, this is not how it works. If people are in the room, they're actively doing something. They have a job. And that's really how it should be. Now, how does this traumatic birth play into breastfeeding? Yeah. Well, her, she said hers. What would, What did she say? Tanked it. She said, uh, breastfeeding. Yeah, breastfeeding was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it started off a nightmare with all the drugs. Right. Baby was probably really tired and so were you. Separated, right? Two weeks mm-hmm. under lights, did she yeah. say? Yeah, two weeks under lights, yeah. I mean, separate. mother. Now we have mother-baby separation, we have trauma. We have a horizontal episiotomy. How is she getting mm-hmm. comfortable even trying to nurse this baby? We've got medications. We've got, and if the baby came down asynclitic or, you know, ear first or cockeyed or however yeah. that baby came down, there's going to be some definite muscle. Yeah, the baby is going to be baby, in pain, which means positioning problems, yeah. jaw, motor movement, tongue movement, latch swallowing, problems, yeah. latch problems, all of that stuff. And it's, yeah. And that's then hard. you need to call a lactation consultant. You do. Call me. I see those yeah. all the time. <laughs> but I mean, and it's just like, it, it's, this is a huge, people do not realize. I cannot even tell you how often people say to me, I didn't realize that impacted feeding. No, and we also have an episode of birth interventions yes. and how it affects breastfeeding. So you can see that as well if you'd like to, if you've had a traumatic birth or a lot of birth interventions and you need to explore a little bit about how that's going to affect breastfeeding, check it out. I mean, I've had, I've been working with this mom, I saw her a couple times where the baby was a forced up delivery after a long induction with a lot of meds. And this mm-hmm. baby is not moving that milk very well, mm-hmm. which in turn impacts supply. And it's just like this cycle of fighting to try to get this baby to be able to feed well. But, it, and she was like, I didn't realize that forceps could do that. I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, people, you just don't know because they don't tell you that. No. There's no t- discussion about like what the effects of being and simply being induced is going to be on, you know, on breastfeeding. Nobody talked to me about that. They're just like, you're a week overdue. We have to induce you. And it wasn't like, I remember calling my dad from the hospital and I was like, okay, dad, I'm going in the hospital. I'm being induced right now. And he was like, oh, aren't there some risks with that? And I was like, I don't know. 
I guess there's risks with staying pregnant. <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I mean, I was just like, well, I don't know. I'm going to be induced. This baby's getting out of me now. You know, I'm like, why are you standing here talking to me? Nobody talked to me about, nobody was like, oh, there's some risk. You should know that there's risk. You're going to balance the risk versus, you know, whatever. Nobody said, nobody did yeah. that. They're just like, oh, we go over to schedule her, get her in. Yeah. Nobody, no, nobody told me that no, either. Cause my, not until, no, it was my dad who was like, wait. God, everybody I knew was pushing me to have a C-section, my first one. Yeah. And that was an induction too. And the doctor was like, this could take days. Uh, he actually said that to uh, me. This could take uh, days because they thought he was going to wow, be too big. Nice guy. So they wanted me to just automatically do a section. And I'm like, no, I'm not well, doing what that. What does too big mean? What is that too, what is that too big? That, for, this is, give me a this break. This is a whole freaking, that's a whole show in and of itself. I know. We have to stop talking about that. Uh, right now. We have to talk about, um, birth trauma. Yeah. But it does, the, the birth trauma with the feeds, I mean, it really, they do not tell you that, but even just, even just Pitocin is enough to throw the breastfeeding off. Yeah. And you would think like, oh, but that doesn't do anything. Yes, it does. Yeah, it, it wreaks does. havoc with your own hormonal system. Like there is so much involved in these medications that they are giving you that it can impact how the baby sucks. It can impact your supply. It can impact how your milk comes in. It can impact how sleepy the baby is. It can, it's so much. There's so much to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you've had a traumatic birth, don't let us scare you. It's okay. Things are going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But just know you're not crazy. Like there is such a thing as a traumatic birth. And if you feel like things were not going, you know, your way or going smoothly or things were scary and traumatic, then they were. Mm -hmm. And it, and if you feel like that maybe had an effect on breastfeeding or just your emotional well-being, then absolutely, yes, it did. And, you know, like feeding problems, call a lactation consultant or send us an email because we'll help you through it. And you know I mean, what is hap what happens too, and this is, I know this kind of gets deep, but... It, this is also a very real thing that women who really struggle with the traumatic birth piece kind of feel like my body didn't do what I needed it to do. Yeah. And now I'm going to breastfeed yep. and that's not happening either. And mm -hmm. it's, and then you just feel broken. You feel like a broken oh person. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. It's awful. Yeah. It's, and you're not broken. No, 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 no. The you're not. Broken. Nobody is broken. No, the, system. the system is broken. It broke you, but you can be fixed. And things can work out. You can go on to breastfeed for as long as you want and you can heal and you can have a, an empowering next birth. Yes. I really hope this mama gets a hold of us after she has this baby. Yeah. I want to know what happens. I do too. I do too. I really want her to like. I'll send her an email. Take uh, when over. this episode is up, I'll send it to her and then I will ask her to um, give us an update. I know. We have to find out because it's, it's, a, I mean, it's like, you know, doing something that you're, but you're so afraid walking into it, you know, like what's the mm -hmm. outcome going to be? I remember that. I just remember being so scared. Mm. I remember being so scared of just what if that happens again? God. And I mean, I created this great birthing team and it was so friggin' awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was so cool. And uh, your birth, your next birth can be, can be wonderful. Just tell yourself that. You have to believe it. If you're going to go in saying this can't, you know, it's traumatic. I had a traumatic birth again. I'm going to have a traumatic birth again. You know, you don't tell you, you can't be telling yourself that. No. Have faith in your body. You have to tell yourself that you can have a wonderful birth. Yeah. Have faith in your body and have faith in your team. 
Yeah. And I mean, I have a, I have a couple of clients who had C-sec, first babies, C-sections. One was breach and one was a traumatic birth. Mm. Second babies, they did home births off a C-section. Yeah. And it's like, how empowering was that? That yeah. they were able to V-back at home. Uh, V-back, a vaginal birth after C-section. Yes, you can do it. Absolutely. But I mean, you, these, I mean, just really have that faith that your body knows what to do. Your body mm-hmm. knows what to do when your mind is really, really powerful. So, I mean, you got this. Yes. Just thinking, like, know what you want in this birth. Like Abby said, know what what you want to go for and just keep that in your sights. Yep. Absolutely. I think we covered that. I think we did. <laughs> Everybody's fixed. No, it's just... <laughs> but, yeah, I feel any questions on this or you know if we kind of like hit a chord for you and you want to talk about it don't hesitate email us you know i mean we get it we totally get it so yeah you can always eat us the the badass breastfeeder gmail.com and um yes if you're okay with us talking about it on the air let us know that too and until next time bye bye Today's episode is brought to you by Spandice. Are you pregnant or just had a baby and battling back pain or need belly support? Say hello to Spandice. Each Spandice wrap comes with two therapy packs that you can use for hot or cold therapy that lasts up to three hours. And for badasses, today you get 20% off plus free shipping on your order when you use promo code BADASS at checkout. Check them out, Spandice.com. That's S-P-A-N-D hyphen I-C-E dot com. You can also find the link in our description.